The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Uh, I love to sing, and I hope you do too. Uh, why do optometrists live longer? Because they dilate. I won't tell you who told me that. <clears throat> Maybe you can figure it out. <laughs> uh, the preacher did get up one time. That's a part of my message tonight. We're going to talk about uh, put, laying our burdens on the Lord tonight. Uh, and in that, a preacher asked if anybody had met anybody that was perfect. And one man raised his hand and said... Uh, I've never met the guy, but I do know someone. And he said, well, who was it? And he said, evidently, it's my wife's first husband. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can hear the rest of that tonight. Uh, we've been talking. We're in First John, and we're just about to wrap it up. I told you last week we might finish this morning, but we're actually going to go one more week. In First John chapter 5. And we started in verse 1, and we're going to go through verse 13. Now, I'm not going to read those. You can read them as we go along. But I want to do a quick review of last week because I just got halfway through uh, last week, and I want to finish the second half this morning. But we started last week, and I want to just remind you about the movie The Mission and about Rodrigo, and he uh, he killed his brother. He uh, had this terrible remorse about it, and he... Uh, in order to pay penance, he decided he was going to carry his armor through the jungle. Uh, it's an Academy Award-winning movie, but it's from 86, so you, you probably or may have not seen it, or it's been a long time since you've seen it. And so throughout the movie, he's carrying a, a huge uh, bag of armor, and he has it over his shoulder with a rope, and uh, uh, it shows him crossing hills and mountains and streams and he's they're on a mission trip and uh, he's uh, trying to be a, a missionary to these folks and uh, so he's carrying his burdens around and I was thinking about that and uh, really what John's talking about here is uh, our, our burdens that we carry around and last week we looked at a couple of different uh, burdens and I just ask you today to think about that on your spiritual journey and that's what we've been talking about over the last couple of months. Are you carrying any burdens? And uh, something that's weighing you down. And the burden uh, that we're talking about is something that, 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 that crushes us, that keeps us from, from being able to move forward as God wants us to move forward on our journey. And you know, when we go on a journey sometimes, there's things that we just don't need to take. Uh, do y'all ever have that? I don't know how much people go in cars anymore on just uh, little vacations, but, you know, uh, I wouldn't say in some families, mine, of course, not mine, you know, we might go on a little journey, and uh, I can put my stuff in a bag this big on a journey, and we end up with 12 bags in the car. You know, how do you do that? And uh, uh, I don't know how you can carry so much makeup. And, and, and I, I'm not saying this is my family. I'm just saying, folks, in general, uh, there's some things you just don't need to take. You know, there, uh, there's some burdens that we can leave behind sometimes. Well, spiritually, that's true, too. We need to look at our spiritual journey and, and just ask ourselves, am I burdened down? Am I carrying some things on this journey that I need to get rid of? And 
John lists some things, and I'm not going to spend hardly any time here, but we talked last week about the burden of dis, uh, disobedience. And that may not sound like a burden, but I want to remind you of something we talked about last week. When we are born-again Christians, we, we receive a new birth. That's why we say born again. We're a, we have a new birth, and we need to remember that Christ isn't just adding a little religion to us or reforming our morals, but it's a new birth. The, the, uh, the, the Bible says we are new creations, uh, and, and old has passed away, and behold, new things have come. So we have a new birth in Christ. It's not about church attendance. It's not about getting religion or getting religious. It's, it's not about being a a better person or saying, you know, I'm going to try to do good the rest of my life. It's a condition to where an old part of us has died and been buried and a new person has been born again and raised to life and we have a new birth. And with that new birth, there comes some expectations. I hope if you're a parent, you have expectations for your children and you explain those expectations to them and when they're disobedient, there should be some results for, those, for that disobedience. No, nothing is different in the family of God. I think some of us don't like to think about the discipline of God, but it's there. It's in Scripture that, as a matter of fact, Christ says what father doesn't discipline their children, if he doesn't discipline them, they're illegitimate children. That's what the Bible says. So, so there's... There's discipline because of disobedience. So some of the expectations that Christ gave his followers, he said here's the most important one, and that's to love God wholeheartedly, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. That's in Mark chapter 12. And the second is to love our neighbor as ourselves. There's no greater commandment than that. So when we fail to do those two things, we have a burden of disobedience. And if you think about that, I used an example of uh, if we're out of if we're out of whack at work or we're out of work uh, we're 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 not doing our job. There's a burden on us. We we hate going in. We don't want to see our boss. We may hide from him because we know we're not where we need to be. So it ends up being a burden. The same is true spiritually. And and for us to realize that when we're born again Christians, God's God's commandments for us is not are not burdensome. He says, come to me, all you are weary and heavy, heavy laden or heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Listen, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that burden of disobedience, I mentioned the cost of non-discipleship, and that's a bigger cost than the cost of discipleship. When we are following Christ, and when we choose to be disobedient, we've chosen the more difficult path. We've chosen the, the weight of disobedience. And, and if we're weighted down by that weight of disobedience, God has the, the cure for that, and He says, love me with you wholeheartedly and love your neighbors yourself, and I'm going to lift that burden. The second burden we talked about last week was this, the burden of discouragement. And we use this word to remind you, I use the word Nike and, and Nikano, that's the, the Greek word that means to overcome or prevail or to conquer or to get the victory. And sometimes we're just burdened down by discouragement. There's conflict in our life, there's controversy, there's, 
bitterness or there's resentment or there's misunderstanding and, and we get discouraged in our spiritual walk. And we think, why, why would I have to deal with these things? And Christ tells us this, remember, he says in John 16, 33, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome. I have, I have become a, a Nike. I have overcome this world. And, and if we're discouraged, we need to realize that that Christ has overcome the world, and we are in Christ, and Christ is in us, and, and we need to be encouraged by the fact that Jesus Christ has given us the victory over the world. And, and the thing that I think will help us get to that point is realize re- victory doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on the political party. It doesn't depend on opinion polls. It doesn't depend on the church, but victory rest in God's sons, Jesus Christ. That's where we have victory. So if we're discouraged by something around us, we can have victory. We can be overcomers through Jesus Christ. Now this week, here's where we're going to start. Some people have a burden of conflicting claims. Now, probably more so now than ever. Now, not, not back to John's time, but, but probably more so in our lives. I'm talking about just in our lifetime. There are more conflicting claims about Jesus Christ than there's ever been. Look at verse 5. If you're there in 1 John chapter 5, look down in verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and by blood, Jesus Christ. He did not overcome by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three are in agreement. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it's the testimony of God which He has given about His Son. Now, let's think about that burden of conflicting claims. You know, when John writes this letter, I want to remind you what he's writing, and we're, uh, we've, we've gone over this many, many times. He's writing to a church that has been divided because of false teachings. There's, there's, there's a group that's come in, and, and John is talking about the blood of Jesus. He's talking about conflicting claims that have come in the church. He's talking about other groups out there that, that begin to testify that, they're, that Jesus was not the Christ. And... And he's teaching us this, and he's, he's talking about Jesus who came by blood and came by water. And, and there's a couple of different thoughts here. The, the water, some say, is, is his baptism. Some say the water was his natural birth and, and how that process goes through the natural birth. And, and, and whatever it is, we don't need to debate that, that, I don't believe. But when we read about Jesus, the beginning part of his ministry... It's marked by his baptism. And, and his baptism, recording whatever it stands for, that was the beginning of his ministry. From that day on, he spent the rest of his life walking and uh, teaching and loving people and healing people and meeting people's needs. So John tells the church here, Jesus came by water, by natural birth, and his ministry started through baptism, and then his blood. And, of course, on the blood, he's talking about the, the blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary. He's talking about that sacrificial lamb that came. But these false teachers, 
they came in and listen to what they believe. This is, this is Gnosticism, and, and it's, it's, this is the distinction they made between Jesus and Christ. They put a distinction in there. In other words, the Gnostics believe that Jesus Christ was a natural-born son of Mary and Joseph. Just natural way that all are born. And, and Jesus Christ, and Christ was deity. So they believe that Jesus, an ordinary human being, born an ordinary way, came. We sang a song that made me think about that this morning. You know, born of a virgin. They didn't believe that. They said, no, he was naturally born. Then he was ordained by God, and, and Christ was there with him. But when he went to the cross, Christ left him. So he, he died just an ordinary person on the cross. So they divided Jesus and Christ. And, folks, we can't divide that because the name of Jesus describes God's Son in human form. That's what the name Jesus means. It, it's God's Son in human form. The word Christ describes divinity. And see what the Gnostics had done. They had taken Jesus, God in human form, and Christ, deity, and they had separated those things and, and said, that's not, it's not Jesus Christ, it's Jesus the good man. But there's a whole other person over here that's Christ. And through that, we don't hear much of that anymore. That, that's kind of died out. But you know what? There's very similar ideals today in the New Age movement. That Christ was just a, Jesus was just a guy. I mean, he was just a person that walked the earth. And, and Christ, there's some deity, but it wasn't joined with Jesus. You know the problem with that? When we take Jesus Christ and we separate those, Jesus Christ, I, 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 keep, I keep putting them back together. Jesus doesn't do anything, does he? He's just a natural man. He's not the way to heaven. He, he's not the great teacher. He's not sinless and perfect. He was just a man. That's, that's what so many groups are teaching today. And when we separate the humanity of Jesus with the deity of Christ, we've, we've just made two different things that, that can't get us to heaven. We need to realize that, that Christ and, and Jesus, and they're one, that's Godhood and manhood, and they join together in the, purpose, in the person of Jesus Christ. People have conflicting claims today. Folks, we hear it everywhere. And if we begin to listen and we begin to hear those things and, and we begin to wonder about, you know, Jesus Christ, there's so many out here that say that He's not the only way to heaven anymore. There's so many conflicting claims. I'm not sure what to believe anymore. I mean, do I believe what the Baptists preach? Do I believe what the Church of Christ preach? Do I believe what... Uh, the, the Mormons preach. Boy, Mormons got those good commercials on TV, you know, family sitting around there together and, and such a great scene. And then they read some passage of the Bible. Boy, that sounds like what I need. But, but what do I believe? I'm just burdened down by all these claims. Folks, we need to go back and we don't need to worry about what the Baptists teach or what the Church of Christ preach or what the Mormons preach. We need to go and look at what God's Word preaches. And that's the bottom line. We don't need to worry about some kind of new age or new claim. The Gnostic says this, we have a new claim. We have a deeper understanding than we had back then. And, and they begin to teach that. God's Word is true today. It's true tomorrow. And it'll be true throughout eternity. 
And that needs to be where we anchor our lives. Not in some conflicting claims. John says here, we take testimonies from men. I want you to think about that. How many testimonies do we just accept? How many of you have been to Japan? How do we know Japan exists? Ron's been there, but how do we know? Is there a Japan? Ron says there is. How do we believe that? Okay, there's, there's, there's testimonies. Ron says there's a Japan. We believe it. Why? Because it's a man's testimony. We can read books. We can read history books. People say there's a Japan. So we believe man's testimony about Japan. Oh, Jake, you're crazy. You know, I, that, that's, no, I'm not. We believe a man's testimony. Think about how many things. Nobody here saw the Holocaust, did you? We believe it. Why? Because of somebody's testimony. They wrote it in a book somewhere and said, this is what happened in World War II. And we believe that because of a person's testimony. Our lives, our daily choices, so many times we're led by people's testimonies. And then John says, think about this, how much more is the testimony of God the Father? How much more do we have when we look in God's Word and realize it's God's testimony about His Son, Jesus Christ. See, that's what, that's what John's telling the church. You're listening to a group of, of false teachers, and we have the testimony of God. This leads right into our next point. I want to tell you just a couple of things that we find some false claims. Muslims claim that Jesus Christ was not God's sons. Mormons claim that Jesus is the spiritual brother of Lucifer. Can you believe that teaching there? Now, you won't see that in their commercials. But that's, that's what they believe. Uh, some groups claim that, that there's many paths to God. I mean, we hear that a lot, don't we? I mean, that there's many different paths, so, so God invites us. Jehovah's Witness just believe, hey, if you, you just got to live a perfect life, and you'll get to come back to earth and live wherever you want to live. That's what they teach. Because they teach that heaven is full. There are not but 144,000 going to heaven, so, so your chance of going to heaven is zero. It filled up long ago with other Jehovah Witnesses. But your chance is, find a place that you love on earth. When you die and Christ comes again, you'll be reincarnated and you'll just live there all by yourself. I know I've told you all this story. I have an aunt that I believe she was a Christian. And uh, she moved up in the Arkansas mountains and... Uh, she didn't drive. She never drove, drove her whole life. And, and Jehovah Witness started visiting and said, hey, we'll, we'll come pick you up and bring you to church. She started going. She went up in a mountain and found a cave and put canned goods and blankets and all kinds of stuff because she believed she would live eternity back in Arkansas in that cave. Wouldn't that be a horrible eternity? I mean, would you want to live in a cave by yourself with none of your family there? I mean, that's what they taught. And that's what she believed, and that's what she carried out. So, so we have God's testimony about Jesus Christ. If we're confused by conflicting claims, we need to go to God's Word, and we need to see what God's testimony says about Jesus Christ, His Son. Now, that brings us to our, our last thing this morning. There are others that have a burden of uncertainty. Now, these, 
these false claims, these conflicting claims that we have out here among us today, they lead right to the last thing. They lead right to the burden of uncertainty. In other words, well, let's just read the Scripture first. Start there in verse 10. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has his testimony. And let's, let's back up to verse 9. You, you don't have to back the overhead up, but verse 9 says, We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it test, it's the testimony of God which he has given about his Son. So God has given us a testimony about his Son. Verse 10, Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Now that's key. We're going to look at that in just a moment. So God testimony, God's testimony is about His Son. Then anyone who believes in His Son has God's testimony in his heart. And anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given about His Son. And this is the testimony. Listen. Boy, if, you, if you've got your Bibles turned, underline this. Here's the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son, Jesus Christ. God has given us. Here's a testimony from God. He has given us eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. You have someone that says, I don't believe that, uh, that, that Jesus Christ is only with heaven. You don't, you don't just have to take them to John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father through me. Take them right here to 1 John and say, wait a minute. God's testimony is we have eternal life only through His Son. Look at verse 12. He who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And look at 13. And I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Who is John telling the name of the Son of God is? Who's he telling them? Jesus Christ. What did I say? The, the, the Gnostics had come in and separated the two. But God says, my testimony is, my son is Jesus Christ. And ye who believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, I've written these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. Folks, today, if you're carrying around a burden of uncertainty, if you're carrying around that burden to, to say, you know what, I'm not sure what's going to happen at the end of the age. I'm not sure where I'm going to be. I, I, I hate that term when people say, I just hope that I've done enough. I just hope that I can make it to heaven. I just hope that God accepts me. I just hope this. I just hope that. I was just recently, I heard a preacher talking to a, to a lady, and, and, and he said, you know, just going to heaven, that's what we work for all our lives, isn't it? No, that's not what we work for. We go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. We work because of our salvation. But we don't work our ways to heaven. We don't work our way to Jesus Christ. It's a gift of God. That's what it says right here. So, so if you're going through that process of saying, you know, I just told, listen to what, again, the Mormons say, if you keep my commandments and you endure till the end, then you'll have eternal life. Now, that's, that's doctrine and covenants, 1417. That's what 
the Mormon book says. Hey, if you, if you keep my commandments, if you work, endure, then you shall have eternal life. Is that what God's Word says? That's not what God's Word says. It says right here, He has given us eternal life. He didn't add any of this other stuff. Watchtower, I've already mentioned about Watchtower, but it, it says that, that you are come to life after you die based on how faithful you are. If you were really faithful, if you were really good, you're going to live a little nicer than someone else right here on this earth. That's what, that's what they teach. They don't even teach a, 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 a hope for eternity in heaven. If you have that burden of uncertainty, we need to go and look at verse 11. And this is God's testimony who has given us eternal life. I want you to think about this statement this morning. God has given us eternal life. If God has given us eternal life, we possess it, don't we? When is something yours? When you possess it. You know, you may go tomorrow and you may buy a new car and you may go down and you may make the deal and you may sign the paperwork and you may tell them, I want these new tires put on it and I want it this done. I want to spray a bed liner in there or whatever. Well, you can tell everybody, I, I bought me a new car. Where's it at? Well, I, I ain't got it yet. But when you possess that thing, it's yours, isn't it? You're in the banks, you know. But, but that's a little different in our relationship with the Lord. But the, the moment we place our trust in Jesus Christ, listen. The moment we place our trust in Jesus Christ, we possess eternal life. Isn't that great? It's not something we have to hope for, wish about. Think about when we accept Jesus Christ, we possess eternal life. If you really have Jesus Christ within your heart, you possess Jesus Christ. You possess eternal life. And, and verse 13, John says, Hey, I want you to know if you believe in the Son of God, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I've written these things that you may know that you have eternal life. We can know for sure without a burden of doubt, without any hint of doubt, we can say, you know what, there was a time in my life that I told Jesus Christ, I realize I'm a sinner and I need a, I need a Savior. I need you to forgive my sins. And I ask you to come in to live within my heart. At that very moment, we possessed eternal life. And folks, just because we sin, just because we turn away, just because we trip up, God doesn't say, I'm going to snatch that back from you. If he did that, he's a liar. He said, I have given you, and you possess eternal life. And folks, if we're on our spiritual journey, and we're walking daily with a burden of uncertainty, we need to nail that down. We need to finish that. We need to get past that. And there's two parts to this. And I'm getting ready to close right here. The first part is internal knowledge what verse 10 calls it. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has a testimony where? Within his heart. Okay, we have an internal testimony that, that testifies with us that, you know what? I know in my heart I've accepted God. I have a, a testimony within my heart, my inmost being. I know that Jesus Christ died for me. I know that simply by me asking, He gives me eternal life. I know I have that testimony. Look at the second part in verse 13. We have 
a knowledge or a basis of truth through this through God's Word. So we have a testimony in our heart, and we have God's testimony that we're born again. We have God's testimony. If I've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how I feel, no matter how badly I fell, no matter how much I struggle on my spiritual journey, I have a testimony of God's Word that I've been born again I don't know, we probably don't do a lot of flying around here, but if you're ever in an airport or maybe you go on a bus, I don't think anybody much travels by bus anymore, but, but you can notice a big difference between people who have tickets and those on standby. If you have a ticket, you're relaxed. You're sitting over there in those little chairs facing out there and looking at the planes coming and going, and you may be on your phone doodling around or or filing your fingernails, or visiting and laughing and talking. But those on standby, you know what they're doing? They're pacing. They're smoking cigarettes and pacing and, and pacing and smoking cigarettes and looking at the board and, and because they're on standby. See, there's a big difference between someone who knows they have a ticket and somebody that's simply on standby. Because if you're on standby, you, 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 there's uncertainty there. Hey, I'm not sure I'm going to catch the plane. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, to travel on. But, but those with that certainty of having a ticket. And, and God says, I want to offer you freedom from the burden of uncertainty. I want you to know where you stand with God. Because I don't want you smoking cigarettes and pacing back and forth wondering what the future is going to hold. I want you to understand that because of my testimony and because of the testimony within your heart, I'm going to lift that burden of uncertainty. If we have uncertainty, folks, we will never grow spiritually. We can't. If we're uncertain about our salvation, we'll never take the next step. We can't. Because any time we start to take that next step and we stumble a little bit, we go, well, wait a minute, I'm not sure I've ever been saved. We need to nail that down. We need to take care of that. And God says, I want to lift the burden of uncertainty. You know, when Rodrigo, he, in this movie, as he climbs this mountain, uh, he crosses a stream, and there's a lot of villagers there, and they're watching him, and he's struggling, and uh, there's a raging river down there at the bottom, and he, he crosses it, and the armor falls off, and he's having to fight it, and two or three of them have to come help him, and they finally pull that uh, burden that he's carrying up on the, the rocks, and he climbs up the side of this mountain, and he gets to the top of this mountain and he's just, uh, he just falls to his face. He, he's just physically exhausted. And he has this big pack of, of armor there behind him and, and one of the villagers takes a knife out and runs over there to him and lifts his head up and, and you think he's going to kill him. And, and he looks at him there for a minute and then, then he, takes and, he takes the knife and he cuts the rope loose. And he takes that big wad of, of armor and he throws it off the side of the mountain and it falls down into the stream. And you see it as it hits the, the, the raging river down there, it starts to float away. And, and finally the, 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 the guy gets up, Rodrigo gets up, and he, he's looking down at the, at the river and he's seeing that, that burden that he's carried so long float away. All of a sudden, he, he starts to weep. And, and those other missionaries there with him and those villagers, they all come and they begin to hug him and they begin 
to lift him up because he finally let go of his burden and he had this peace that came over him that just caused him to, to fall to the ground and just to weep and worship the Lord. You know, folks, if we're carrying a heavy burden around, the Lord wants us to turn it over to him, let him take it away that we might have freedom, that we might have that burden lifted from us, and that we might enjoy the journey that he's laid before us. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to ask you this morning, are you carrying, I may not have covered a a burden that you may be carrying. Whatever you're carrying, would you know this? The Lord says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. He says, my burden is light. On this journey we have, there's so many things that, that cause us to, to take wrong directions and U-turns and mess up. But you know what? God gives us assurance that we're His child. And I want to ask you this morning, if, if there's some areas of your life you've just been disobedient, I can't lead you to those areas. The Holy Spirit of God does that. And because of that, you've, just, you've got a burden about it. Would you trust the Lord this morning and would you realize that undisciplined, unobedient Christians, they've chosen the hard path? That's not my words. That's what God's words have to say. Maybe you've just discouraged. You've, you've tried and you failed and things ain't the way you thought they'd be at this point of your life and you're, dis, you're discouraged. Remember this, through Christ you have victory. You overcome her. Maybe you're confused by these conflicting claims. Well, I, I went over and visited this other church, or I heard a preacher on the radio this week, and, man, it didn't sound like that. Would you, would you use God's Word as your measuring stick? Would you take the testimony of God about His Son, Jesus Christ? Would you let that wash away conflicting claims? Or if you have any uncertainty today, Just settle it. Just settle that uncertainty. Jesus Christ's testimony about himself, God the Father's testimony about Jesus Christ his Son is this. I'm the way to heaven. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we accept that, we possess eternal life. We possess forgiveness of sins. This morning, I want you to leave here on this journey, and I hope your load is light, and I hope you find joy within your journey. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond to God's Word, however He would lead you. And we're going to sing this, Only Trusting, Come Every Soul by Sin Oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord, listen, and surely He'll give you rest by trusting in His Word. This morning, if you just need some rest, if you need a burden lifted, the altars are open, you can come and pray. I'm here with you. I'd love to pray with you. However the Spirit would lead you as we all stand together and as we sing together, only trust Him.